0: Hi everyone! Welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. Today we have Jenna Mercury, and I'm so excited to have her on. We've mm-hmm. been friends on Twitter for so long; I feel like it's been mm-hmm. years, and we finally met in real life at um, this past fall's MassQ Fall Conference at Gillette Stadium, and um, and I feel like our friendship has flourished.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so welcome, definitely. Jenna. Thanks, Tori. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I love listening to it. Hopefully everyone has listened to all the episodes. Shameless plug for my friend. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so this is really fun. I think um, I want to tell like a quick story before we get into it. Um, one of the things I thought when we were friends on Twitter was that you had like a stage name because you work in, um, science and I thought that you had made your name Jenna Mercury because like it's really (laughs) cool and sciency and everything. And when we met in real life, I said, I finally like worked up the courage to ask you like, is that your real last name? And when you said yes, I like, how (laughs) cool is that? It's like the coolest last name ever. And it's so perfect for you. And I just like, I don't know. I actually had someone ask me, I was talking talking about you the other day and I had someone say like, do you know if
1: that's her real last name? And I was like, oh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to say, um, probably the biggest question I ever get asked is, am I related to Freddie Mercury constantly? (laughs) Which we know is actually a stage name because now that he's had some movies out, but no matter where I travel to, a lot of people will ask. Sometimes they're joking and sometimes they're serious. But I mean, I'll take it. I'll take some some novelty credit, but it's an actual last name and it's a great name to have if you are a science teacher. So I've had plenty of parents ask me the exact same question throughout my teaching career. <laughs> so you're not alone, but that's pretty funny. Most people ask. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's really cool. <laughs> It it is cool I'm you know what my my dad when I was a kid I used to get made fun of for that last name a lot I mean really? obviously you can imagine oh kids would be like where are you from another planet which Aww. is a really lame joke I know kids can be mean sometimes and and who hasn't had their name made fun of in some way shape or form but yeah they would say it my dad used to always say be proud of your name it's a great name and the funny thing is it took you know Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years before I'd say, you know what? I love my name, and I actually, I also ran track in high school, and I was pretty good at it. So Mercury is obviously the god of speed. So that kind I was really fast, pretty awesome too. They used to just say, "Look at Mercury go." So by the time I got into high school, no one was making fun of my name anymore, and I lived up to running and science. So there you go. It was there meant you to go. be. <laughs> So it's a good thing, but definitely a really cool name to have. Yeah. It it helps you stand out. (laughs) It does. It does. Or, you know, be related to Freddie Mercury, whatever, whatever (laughs)
0: word.
1: I know. I can't sing like him. That's for sure.
0: Um, so, you kind of talked a little bit about what um, your background is, but I'd love to hear your story because I think it's really cool in um, how you were a teacher and where you are now and, and how that all came to be.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I my roots are actually from Massachusetts, which is probably why I think you and I got along really fast anyway, yeah. sort of love talking about where we're from and I was born and raised outside of Worcester County in Middlesex County and I started teaching wait a minute Chelsea- what did oh, we what? already talk about what town you're from like- oh uh, no I grew up so I grew up in Hudson Mass oh my god are you gonna tell me you have a connection I oh also my grew up What's in Middlesex connection? County <laughs> no grew- way yeah
0: I grew up in Tingsboro
1: oh my gosh see look at that look at that. The the fact that. I mean, well, first of all I never talk sparring. about counties. I know. <laughs> that's so funny. Yep. So that's where I grew up. And um I, you know, I'm I'm a mass girl through and through. I love all of local sports and things like that. And I went to college just north of New York City at Marist College, and I was a bio major. And I just loved science. I, in high school, I had this one bio teacher, and he really—I didn't like it until I sort of met him. It was my junior year of high school. I thought I was a really bad science person, and I met him, and he really encouraged me just to fall in love with science, and I really did. And I started excelling at it. And then I decided to make biology my major. So when I went to school, I majored in biology um, didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I didn't, you know, I would have loved to be a pediatrician or something, you know, in the science field, but I don't know. I always knew that education was probably my direction. My sister became an educator. She graduated a few years before me and I just always loved kids. I was always a camp camp counselor and, and things like that. I was a teacher naturalist for my internship at Drumlin Farm in Lincoln, Mass. Mm -hmm. So, um, just kind of felt like that was my angle so I graduated and didn't know what I was going to do so I took a job at Shriners Hospital for Burned Children as a research assistant and I worked for two years in the research lab and we did things like make Again, for for um, you know burn victims and do research projects with grad students and postdocs and things like that. And it was such a great experience, but all of my friends that were research assistants were going off to get their PhDs, and once again, I was sort of stuck in this between a rock and a hard place. That you know, I didn't really want to go do that. I still wanted to find my way into a classroom. Mm-hmm. So um, Chelsea Math gave me an opportunity, and I started teaching. Uh, A seventh grade science class got my foot in the door. I knew barely anything about education, but I knew I loved science and I knew I wanted to make a difference. So I taught there for for one year. And then I was able to step foot into the door at this amazing charter school called Boston Collegiate Charter School, which eventually moved to Dorchester, Mass. And I taught fifth grade and sixth grade math and science. And I was hooked. I was just sort of completely in love with it. And I loved my students. And I just had the best time. And that's when I really started super falling in love with education and teaching and got my master's degree in, in science education and then that was that it. it was like no looking back at that point um, I sort of made my way out to I taught in Weston Mass, at Weston middle school for a while and then as chance would have it I moved to Florida mm-hmm. and I was there and looking around for a job and the job that literally landed on my lap was not in a classroom much to my dismay it was a company that was called Science for Us. And it's a kindergarten, first and second grade science program that's digitally delivered. I like to say it's a a literacy program that actually has a science problem. (laughs) And being a fifth, sixth and seventh grade sort of math and science person, here I am now looking at a whole new core of many people and wondering, hey, well, why aren't they doing science in the early classrooms? So one of the first tasks that I was Um, assigned to doing was to go into classrooms, into kindergarten, first and second grade classrooms, and see what they were actually like. And boy, was I shocked. Um, Not because of what I saw, but just how hard those kinder first and second grade teachers work because these kids are just little guys. They're little, little guys, and they're still trying to learn the basics of life, never mind curriculum and all these skills that we normally think kids can just easily learn. And don't get me wrong, they're sponges. They want to soak up content and knowledge, but there's a lot of standards and testing and all this other stuff that they're forced to, to prioritize. And so science never became as important as other subjects. So I had to say, okay, well, how can I infuse the science program because I see the value in science because that's what stems all critical thinking and problem solving skills are literally used across all domains. Mm -hmm. no matter what. So it could be like math problems that you don't understand, words that you come across in a text that you don't know, problems on the playground, situations at home. We always have problems that arise and science teaches us the critical thinking and problem solving skills that we need to get through those hard times. So I really feel like it's a nice foundation to start with. And so that was really my goal from there on out was how can I get teachers and students in K1 and 2 classrooms doing science, and if literacy was the way to their hearts, then that's the angle I would take. So that's pretty much um, five and a half years in the making now that I've been out of the classroom and working with science for us, and that's kind of where I'm at. So um, one of the big pushes that I've been sort of pushing on social media, and Tori's been so supportive, and so many people out there are so supportive, is the hashtag K2Ken2 movement, and we want to make sure that no matter what the subject or what it is, that we know our little guys are capable of it. And they really are. I've seen it firsthand. So, you know, that's, that's a huge push and I love it. And that's kind of my story. That's where I'm at. But I know, Tori, you're going to ask me about conferences, but that's what I do. I just travel around the U.S. with, you know, with all these other programs that I work with that are science and math-based. And the goal is to try to get educators to see that there are things out there for the little guys and to show them what it looks like. So, whether I present on it passionately, of course, mm-hmm. or if I go into classrooms and model it, I actually did some modeling today and this whole week, I'm in South Carolina, and just to show them what it looks like. And the kids, their faces, oh, they light up and they love it and they're so smart and it's so easy to do it. So, I just, I love showing teachers how easy it is to do science every day. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, that's my story.
0: <laughs> and, but what you said earlier about, just um every class should have science and kids every kid can do science and no matter the age mm-hmm. it's so important and i feel like so many times when um when budgets are cut or if schools don't have enough funding the science programs always take the hit of course um, for academics um and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be the case because a lot of times science is The subject that gets kids excited to come to school because it's Mm -hmm. where they can use, you know, hands-on projects and they can be making and building and exploring in ways um, that is just so magical, no matter the age. Um, Yes. And just how yes. much, like, even
1: adults, even adults, we all yeah. love to get a little creative and have fun.
0: Oh, I know. I mm-hmm. was the kid that loved science growing up. And even in high school and college, when we had to do labs, oh, especially a mm-hmm. dissection.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and don't you see, because I know that you hear things, one of the saddest things I normally hear is that you know, um, an administrator or a district will say, you know, our kids are actually, we we do science, and then when I investigate further, I realize that they're using, you know, workbooks or textbooks Mm -hmm. to learn science in early grades, and I see, Tori, the things that you do every day when I see things on social media, yeah, they're awesome. You put so much heart and soul into them, but if you really look at the materials that you have if someone was looking to put together you know a maker space or even just like a little mini science center it doesn't take much at all you could literally just recycle stuff in your home for a week take those things that you recycled and bring them in and kids can study matter or properties of matter or really anything or build something or investigate you don't even need anything that you can't get from trash essentially yeah you know it doesn't have it's creative but it's just it's it's free really science is it's so looking at the sky you know the objects in the sky Mm -hmm. that's free and 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 I just you know putting your hands through water and just like exploring the properties of water in a a glass or like a you know big big bowl that's free so you know it's just so easy to do those things and to feel like just ask questions don't feel like you have to know all the answers but gosh, I just, I I just wish it was a little bit, you know, you don't have to worry about budgets when you think about it. If you just think outside the box a little bit, right? Right.
0: Yes. And to not be afraid to think outside the box and to hopefully, you know, have your uh, support system at school. Okay. With you thinking Mm -hmm. outside the box. I think a lot of people shy, shy away from the cost. And I mean, as teachers, we dig into our own pockets and we fund a lot of what we do in our classrooms. But like what you said, it's, it doesn't always have to be that way because there's so mm-hmm. many resources that we can find just in our own recycling bin. Or if mm-hmm. we put the word out there, um, you know, there's so many things like, um, Facebook yard sales, like stuff like that. Like, Hey, yeah. our classroom is looking for, um, Legos that you don't want anymore, or mm-hmm. um, blocks or old toys or broken toys, like you can have a whole entire yep. unit of broken toys where the kids have to build the other side of the toy <laughs> right <laughs> How cool is that? and actually, that brings me to um the new TV show, um the Lego masters TV show oh, That's so actually what awesome. they're doing. I haven't seen the latest episode yet, um so if you know if you have don't spoil it but on the previews it <laughs> said um that they were going to have to build the other half of a toy but with legos so they were chopping that's so great. Out, like a bicycle they chopped it in half and then they would have to build the other side wow we could do that totally in our own classrooms and that's just so cool
1: mm-hmm. how is it that I, and i'm pretty sure of this i wasn't a big tv watcher i was definitely more of a radio person my parents were so strict on tv but how come this Lego show hasn't existed before? There's so much reality TV out there. I cannot believe, I mean, I'm really happy it's happening now, but it seems like it's something that, you know, Legos have been around for so long. Why have we not thought of this? right Maybe It's just a movement, but I love it. I, think, I just yeah. can't believe it's not something. I right? think it has
0: a <laughs> lot to do with the movement. I mean, the TV show making it, it's, so good. And so many people love it. I think it's kind of started its own little movement because now the Lego show is out. And then I also saw on Disney plus, they have um, a new show that's going to come out or it, it has come out. I'm not sure um, where it's um, teachers and their students in like woodshop class where they're building oh. projects and it just looks like a maker's dream. I'm so excited. Oh, nice. All these cool things are coming out right now. And I love it because the world needs more creativity. People need inspiration and and, and good family, awesome shows to watch together and to be inspired together and motivated together. And, mm-hmm. I, and I
1: love that there's this movement happening right now. I agree. And actually, I was just thinking my... Um, my nieces are obsessed with, I'm trying to think of the name of the show. It's, it's about kids kick, um, cooking in the kitchens. Um, I don't even know what, ki- well, they have a kids in the kitchen, but if you think about it, they do kids um, sort of competitions on creating food and, and making different things with such chemistry. So it's not even, you know, maybe you've got Legos or whatever and we talk about steam, but kitchen chemistry is absolutely remarkable too. And oh, I just, yeah. I love seeing that kids are starting to cook in the kitchen. A lot more. Oh, nailed it! That one's a great one. Netflix like, has one called Nailed It, little baking show. Um, but when I watch these little kids cook stuff, it's like, my gosh, I probably couldn't do. I watched my mom, but I, I wish I could could have gotten into the kitchen even earlier than I did. Yeah. And um, it's so wonderful seeing these kids do all of the science in 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 the kitchen as well. And not just science, but math cooking involves so
0: much math and measurement. Sure. And it's very artistic too. You can Mm -hmm. um, dive deep into the culinary arts. It's so cool. Oh, super steam based, super steam
1: based. And then of course, thinking about um, calorie intake and nutrition and, you know, what they're putting into their bodies so that there's so many health pieces. There's just so much. Kitchen chemistry is just so cool. So cool. There's so much to do.
0: I love, um, I just love the whole idea of it. I actually just heard back from Whole Foods and I got uh, a garden grant for my school. So we're going to expand. We have a little tiny garden and I have an indoor garden and we're going to expand it for edible foods and um, and really build out the space and hopefully have it as an awesome place for um, all types of classrooms to go out and use and definitely in my room we're gonna be um, using the food for um, just different projects and we have um, cooking and um, I love it yeah I'm I'm so excited I I feel like love the possibilities it. are so huge there's so many they are and you, and I you just have. said
1: it was it it was a grant from Whole Foods so yeah. I imagine other markets, probably, especially markets in different neighborhoods, I bet if you went on their website, just call a manager at a, at a local supermarket and they would probably do a lot. Even if they would donate things, they can you know tax write off a lot of stuff too. I feel mm-hmm. like you just have to, a lot of times you just have to ask. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, I know it takes time, but you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, that's the old saying and it's true. I mean, sometimes you just have to ask and you just never know. Right. You, know, you just never know what you're going to get. It doesn't hurt to try. And a lot so, of, a lot of local
0: businesses want to help. They just Yeah, don't now. I agree. You know, they don't know what people's like, need. So if you ask, the worst they can say is no, but maybe Right. Say, yeah. Exactly. Or maybe they'll <laughs> say, "Hey, yeah, you can have these free seeds or or yeah, we right. um we have these extra plants or or something like that." Um but if anyone's wondering, the Whole Foods grant is out is put out by the whole foods foundation and they have a lot of grants. They have, um, the gardening grants, they have, um, teacher, healthy, healthy living kind of grants. Um, we can get programs awesome. to your school and they also have honeybee grants too. Um, That's they so amazing. Every year, and, um, and then they're throughout the U S and Canada. Um, and they're out every year and, and the application was, um, really long, but it like really forced me to thoroughly think through what I wanted to do with the grant. So I feel mm-hmm. completely prepared um, to start now that I've received
1: it. So yeah, if anyone that's true, Tori, I know people say that like, Oh, it takes so long to complete it. But to be honest, you know those companies are going to probably put a lot of money into it. And you know, anyone can just sign up and they really just want to make sure that you're valuing it. So you know, it might take a little effort, but in the long run, like you said, you know exactly what you want to do and what it's going to look like, and it's going to be successful. And that's what's key, is to make sure that the the people that can be the most successful are the ones that are getting that funding. So that's awesome. I love it. I love it. And there's other resources too. So actually, um, another one of my Twitter peeps, um, Ms. Batool, she's down at Nova, uh, Blanche Nova in in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, she actually reached out. She's doing this whole um, really great sort of um, invasive species project, project project-based learning in her class, and I was able to connect her to uh, the the Department of Defense, and she was able to bring in an agricultural specialist from Border Patrol. Oh my god. Yeah, to talk about the stuff that they collect at the airport and at the port authority that people carry over in their luggage and in their bags, because they say, you know, the world could be destroyed. with a single seed, you know, all of our corn crops and, you know, the things that we, that we have here, we bring in these invasive species and it can destroy so much. Never mind, you know, terrorism. They talk about terrorism just with seeds, like how they can animals and seeds that come through our borders could could really destroy our crops so they were able to have a canine dog come to their school to show how they sniff out different types of um, invasive species and luggage and it was really cool and she did this whole project on it so you never know who's in your neighborhood and just ask around and social media my gosh dory you and i are so big i'm constantly retweeting stuff for people you know who needs help and how can i connect to the right people so just ask social media is a huge
0: resource Teacher Twitter is strong. It is such a force mm-hmm. to reckon with. It is. It's. I learn so much from people, and I just feel like I'm. I just feel connected. And it's Mm -hmm. a really, it's really awesome, especially because right now I'm the only person in my district that's in this job of um, being a STEAM teacher. And it's really awesome to be able to Mm -hmm. say, hey, I have this idea. Has anyone tried this before in their class, in their Mm -hmm. school, and anyone have any advice? Um, And it's just like, it's just a great way to connect with people and to bounce ideas off of. And obviously
1: to make friends like you. Yeah. Well, remember we were talking about that, that education can be pretty isolated. You can feel pretty isolated as a classroom teacher just because, you know, we don't really have much time to prep and plan. And when we do, it's very curriculum focused or student focused. And so, you know, it just, I've always felt very isolated, even if I was teaching the same things as other people, you know, it's always with my kiddos, but you know, it just, it felt really hard to bounce ideas off of people. So it's just a great resource. I never feel like Twitter is work. I always feel like Twitter is my time to hang out with my friends. (laughs) So (laughs) it doesn't matter that it happens after school. I just, I feel so much better. I feel like it's almost as if I'm, I'm back in some sort of graduate work or something like that, where I'm just bouncing ideas off of people and just learning. It's just such a great resource. love it.
0: that's another reason why I also like conferences and and why I'm trying mm-hmm. to do more conferences, even if it means like over the summer or on weekends or anything like that, because I just want to connect with more people. And I feel like, every time I connect with someone new or talk about a new topic or, um, even record a new podcast, I feel like I'm a better teacher because of it. And, um, and every single time I feel like there's a positive impact in my life somehow. Mm -hmm. I want to just keep growing and
1: and keep bettering myself. I love it. I wholeheartedly agree. It's so wonderful. And no matter what you can do, just, I don't know, just step outside that comfort zone. It just makes you such a better person. Mm -hmm. And you feel great. I feel great about it. Don't you? I mean, I just, I love it. It makes me feel like I'm making a bigger difference and with sharing and with just providing people with whatever they need. It just makes me feel good. Yeah. Just feels good. That's, that's all God. Um, I know. wait. So
0: we just talked like a little bit about conferences, but you travel, you're traveling all over the place. So tell people oh about gosh. that experience. Cause you've gone from being a classroom teacher to now like world traveling Jenna Mercury. <laughs> I know. And I know. you're updating your Twitter all the time about where you're going. I'm like, oh my God, like wow. you traveled, <laughs> but girl, you are
1: everywhere. I am. I am. I you know what? So this year alone, um, I can't even, I have to list off the states, but I can tell you um I've already been I, I my home base is now in Virginia and I have traveled already to Florida. Um I've traveled to another location in Virginia to a district. Um, I've traveled to Ohio for a conference. Um, I'm currently, oh, I traveled to Austin, Texas for a conference. Um, I'm currently in South Carolina. Next week I'm headed back to Florida, then going to Pasadena, California. Um, and then next month, oh my goodness, I've got West Virginia, Canada. And then NSTA Boston rounds out the end of my month. But that's just the stuff I have planned. Just wait. So a lot of times to spread that word, to spread the news, I I need to go and, and be with with you know with people so that he can know. So whether it's I've done some uh, Fred talks, I've done some ignite talks, playground sessions. Uh, other types of informative sessions, sharing things, and not just, I mean, science, but also social media, that's one of my favorite sessions, is sharing social media, and how you can use it for professional development, but also how you can use it in your classroom, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's a great thing to use, but sometimes it's just this week, like this week, I'm in um, South Carolina, and we're just in the classroom, helping those teachers get motivated and excited about, you know, K2 science, really, and all science and math, so it's, it's just been a great journey. It it doesn't it doesn't stop, but because I see those kids' faces and those teachers' faces, that's what keeps me egging on. So, you know, how long can I? How long can you go at full speed? We'll just see. Let's just keep that stopwatch out. You know, <laughs> don't don't slow down. Just keep going. Yeah. And uh, be grateful that green tea exists. So, <laughs> not a coffee drinker, but I love tea. So, keep the tea coming and. You know, but uh, I—the joke is, you know—they'll say Jenna, where do you live? And my first answer is usually Hilton. I live in I live in Hilton. Um, That's that's pretty much it. I live in Hilton. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's I know. I just have to step away to take a vacation. I don't even know what I would do. Where would you go, Tori? If you, well, actually, I know you went to do some local stuff with your vacation week. But let's just imagine you had a whole week off, and you can be with kids or without kids, your choice. Where are you headed to passport? No passport? What area? Where would you go? Um, uh, well, my,
0: one of my favorite places to go with my family is down to Myrtle beach. We try and get, oh.
1: there.
0: um, my husband's um, parents have a place down there, which is like really perfect. So amazing. Um, and every time I get there, I just feel so relaxed. If I had uh. a unlimited budget and yes, um, and it wouldn't matter um, how much it costs, I would hands down go to Japan.
1: Oh, that's, yes, that's that definitely needs that's my, to husband
0: my That's our hashtag goals.
1: Oh, we'll get there It'll somewhere. happen. It'll um. happen. Maybe we'll find a grant for you. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like some learning experience. Teacher trade. <laughs> you can see what's going on there, and you can do a teacher trade. Where would that's you go? So great. You know, It's a great question. And I've been so lucky to do a lot of traveling as an educator. One of my friends said to me years ago, um, because I was in the classroom for like 15 years, and years ago, a friend who wasn't a teacher said to me, If I was a teacher, I would go somewhere on the last day of school and I wouldn't come back until the first day back, of course, which I replied, you know how much we make, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then they were like, oh, and and I'm like, no, really. (laughs) But but the funny thing was, is I thought about that and I thought, well, gosh, you know, I really do have an advantage here. You know, you need to relax as an educator. We all know that summer is not a vacation. A lot of us work still and, and do a lot of things, but I thought, you know what? I do need to travel. And so I've actually been to a lot of really cool places. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Switzerland. I've been, um, you know, all over Europe. I've been to Peru, um, Costa Rica. You know, I just, I've been to a lot of really cool places because I've had the summer months. Oh, my, my favorite was for my birthday last year or two years ago, I went to Iceland. That was pretty, that was unbelievable journey. And I hope I went in the winter time actually. I didn't go in the summer. So but I'm hoping like that four one summer. Flight? No, so actually it was in March. So it was a really shallow day, but it was in March, so it was coming off of their winter. Um still got to see the northern lights. That was my goal for my birthday but I just said one summer, because that was, you know, now that I'm out of the classroom, I work all year round now, so that was kind of like a, I still try to go on a trip every year, but it doesn't have to be in the summer now, but that's my goal, is to try something new every year, least mm-hmm. for a few days, um, but, oh, Iceland was gorgeous, but it's going to be a totally different country in the summer, so I'm really excited to go in the summer, too, because it's going to just be a, a totally different, everything was frozen, but those waterfalls were so powerful that they still had a lot of, you know, force coming off of them, and, and whatnot, but it was, freezing. It was so yeah. cold. So I'm really like, so I guess the next place I'd like to go, I didn't really answer your question. I just got excited. I just love where I go. Um, I, I wanted to do uh Chile. Um, that was kind of supposed to be my next goal because I really wanted to go down to the really the tip tip of, you know, do sort of like Chile and Argentina. Mm. I wanted to do the tip of South America. You know, I've been to the tip. I went to South Africa. So I've been to the tip of Africa and i thought you know what let's go there let's go to the tip of of um south america and let's check that out but
0: um that's really
1: cool i think that would be yeah that would be think- next of course you know who doesn't want to do like galapagos islands oh my or God. you know the silk trail like all that stuff too So those are all on the wish list as well yeah. but um i think if i still had like that outdoorsy boo
0: if i had unlimited time like if I could spend my entire summer traveling my husband and I have already talked about this for doing it someday I would love to hit up all of the major national parks across the United States
1: oh yeah how you can't cool forget how amazing the U.S. is
0: oh yeah I had yeah. a teacher when I was in sixth grade I actually mentioned her a, f- a few seasons ago Miss Jennifer such a cool teacher um she was my sixth grade so she's- <laughs> feature and she was just magical. But one of the things I remember her saying that she did one summer was bike across the United States. so she her bicycle. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I always thought like that was so impressive. I don't think I could ever bike across the United States. I don't know. But
1: I'm not sure I could bike that. across Cal. Like I don't
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, she, I'm really she was impressed. one of those teachers that really used every minute of her whole summer, but she used it in a way wow. to better herself as a social studies teacher. So she, um, she taught about, um, the pyramids in Egypt and everything. So she went and traveled there. So she would come back oh, and tell us about her amazing. experiences. And it always just felt like the topics were even more alive because of that she was describing them and she made them like truly come to life with all of her knowledge. And, um, and I just always have been so impressed by her.
1: Oh my gosh. That, that is what you're saying is so key. I mean, if you can, if you can really be a part of whatever you're teaching or participate in something that's that brings it to life, like, that's amazing, I feel like there should, there should be money out there for that kind of thing, for, you know, social studies teachers to go to different places to see what it's like, like, you might teach about the government, have you been to BC, you know, have you gone Mm -hmm. there, have you seen the different pieces, and the the museums, and all that other stuff, I just, you know, that's what I would change about education, if I, Mm -hmm. if I could add something in, is giving teachers, not professional development, where they just sit and get, but professional development that really develops what they do and makes them feel more passionate about what they, what they teach, Yes. whatever it happens to be. That Absolutely. would be my goal.
0: Yeah. And, and hopefully but, even if we can't get teachers to be um, traveling all around, around the world and, and to be able to afford it all and and have it, or even through grants, um, but maybe with AR and VR, um, yes. we can bring bring those experiences
1: easier so I hope that's That's I think that's
0: where we're headed I hope that's where we're headed
1: oh I know that's where we're headed remember we were talking about even just like Mm esports but that's okay you can't fight you can't fight the trend it's coming it's happening let's enjoy it let's embrace it get ahead of it and And think about it. Our students aren't aren't necessarily going to be able to travel all over the world either. So how can we bring that to them? How can we ensure that they get the same experiences? Because, you know, there's a lot of kids who never leave their town, maybe not even their state or anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to give them some great experiences too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. This has been amazing. And I would love for you to tell people how they can reach out to you and um, get in contact with
1: you. Awesome. Well, for sure. So I have on social media, my Twitter handle is at science4usess, the number four. So feel free to follow me on Twitter. Um, I just started something new this year on Instagram. (laughs) uh, I'm at jennalove.com science so there's two s's in there because it's love and science and I try to do a hashtag science every day and that's kind of been my new year's resolution is to kind of try to do a science every day thought so sometimes it's two a day and then I skip a day but that's my goal is to do like 366 this year 366 (laughs) days of um, science every day so people can just look around and just see the awesome science around them so that's it and then of course um you can private message me if you have any specific questions that are just about, I don't know anything else. I'd be happy to help you answer questions about KQ science and things like that. And all the good, good things that are out there for resources.
0: And if anyone's following Jenna, you can see where you're going and all the different places that you Um, end up. And, um, seriously like reach out to her and go meet her because she is just amazing you are so amazing I you were you <laughs> and Erica Sandstrom um who's also oh. a green screen gal were the highlight mm-hmm. of my mask this year just meeting you face to face and just getting to know both of you I just it was my favorite part and I it still makes me like pumped up and smiling and everything um knowing that we've met and and now that we're like real we're real life friends
1: now (laughs) I know and I have to make a joke about that too because remember when you first saw me you you said you were like partially starstruck and I said when I met you I was like super starstruck because I have been following all these really cool things that you've been doing and I was like I can't wait to meet this (laughs) person So amazing. Everybody needs to follow her and see what she's doing. And the two of us just kept pointing and was sort of like, What? We were <laughs> over each other. <laughs> yes. 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 I love that educators can do that over each other. That's so awesome. It's but soft. I can't wait because hopefully you and I are gonna rock some stuff out too this year um, in different places. But we oh, we shall meet again, my friend. Yes. For sure. All right. <laughs> I gotta never- come home
0: sometime, right? <laughs> you have to come home in Boston sometime. Yeah.
1: That's right. Um,
0: if anyone wants to uh reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at Steam Up the C L S R M or if you want to see what's happening in my classroom. Um, that's on Instagram at steam up the Classroom and my website is steamuptheclassroom.com. Um, so yeah, <laughs> feel free to reach out and uh, I'll put all of this information in the episode notes. So thank you so much, Jenna.
1: Thank you so much, Tori.